Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and the topic today is where inspiration meets law. You wouldn't think that, would you? But it's when you hear from my guest, you'll understand it. And my guest today is Wani Iris Manley, and she joins us from Paris, France. I'm very excited. And she's here to share why you need to stop being so willy-nilly with your business and get it legal, and preferably from the beginning. Now, Wani Iris Manley Esquire is a corporate business and trademark law attorney. She's an international speaker, a consultant, a two-time best-selling author, and certified life coach. She is the founder of Where Inspiration Meets Law, LLC, which provides legal contracts and document templates for entrepreneurs, coaches, heart-centered, and impact-driven businesses, and that helps them legally protect their businesses while fulfilling their purpose-driven mission in the world. She is also the founder of the law firm W. Manley PA, which is a boutique corporate and securities law firm she started in 2008 in Miami, Florida, and she has offices in Paris while serving some of the most recognizable companies, including MasterCard, Visa, and Office Depot. And along with her law practice and speaking, she also consults for French companies and organizations in their humanitarian missions in Africa, expansion into the U.S. market, and she's also an adjunct professor at the School of Luxury Management at ISEFAC Bachelor in Paris, France. Lonnie, welcome. I love chatting with you during our pre-interview, and I have been so excited and looking really forward to you being here with me today. Oh, me too, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. And I, I could not wait until today for this interview, actually. <laughs> and see, you know, here we are. We just fell in love with each other. Like last week, like, oh, i got to talk with, oh, that's it. Yeah. And we're both, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> each other so here we are (laughs) and I'm so glad to have you here because the work that you do is astonishing and I've been reading up all of you know I love your writing by the way and I've been reading up a lot of your stuff you've got stuff to share stuff that's a big word it's an important word but you have so much to share here so let's go before I get to you know Try not to interrupt you. Is there anything mm-hmm. that I left out that's important that you need people to know? No, you did, everything was perfect so far. All good. All right. Okay, so let's tell people what you're doing in Paris. How did you, I've got to know, I already know, but my audience needs to know. How did you go from Miami, Florida to Paris? And you didn't oh, speak, you, know. you didn't speak, <laughs> what did you? I didn't speak one word of French. I was actually called um, to come to Paris. So I am from Miami in the States. And literally what happened was in 2010 on New Year's Eve, I woke up one morning and I had plans to go and celebrate with my friends and party. And I woke up at six and I just had this epiphany. And I was like, you know what? You have no business going out to party and celebrate because your last year looked like hell. You need to stay at home and just kind of look at and figure out like what really went wrong. 
uh, what happened this past year. And really what I was dealing with was that I had came out of a relationship for the first time and my heart was completely broken. My business was in shambles. My law firm at the time, WMLE PA, um, you know, I was, it was in the middle of the crisis and it was just, I'd fallen behind on um, my mortgage. And it was just like when things were just out of disarray, right? And so I did this like organic process of, right, where nothing was planned where I just like basically started meditating. I then um, took out a uh, journal and I just started writing out all the things that I accomplished that year. And then I started writing out all the things that I had failed at. And I went to all the things that I had filled out one by one, and I literally wrote down, okay, what was going on? And I took full responsibility for it. At the end of the day, I was just in love. It was my first time, and, you know, when you're in love, you're just not really focused on business. And I had just started working for myself anyway, so I wasn't quite well-versed as a business owner. I knew how to practice law, but in terms of running a law practice, going out there having to get clients and all that, I was just not, I didn't know, I didn't know how to do that because I came from a law firm where that was all done for me. And so I had started a spiritual journey about two years before, and so I had kind of, you know, came into this realization that we were creating our lives based on our reality, based on we were our own creation, right? And it was all created based on our beliefs, our attitudes, our uh, the way we feel about things. And so I literally wrote down all the limited beliefs that I had about myself: the "I'm not good enough," "You're not smart enough," da 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 da. And I just really got on all hands and forth, and I prayed the most reverent prayer to, you know, the source, and I just asked to be shown how to let go of this little beliefs about myself. And then what I had done was the next day, I, I mean, the next, the next, uh, af- the afternoon, the next part of the day, I had gotten a journal like I always do um, the last day of the year to begin the, the new year. And it half a word in imagine on it. And I swear this journal must have been like magical because I sat for three hours and I wrote everything that I wanted to be, do, or have it to experience in 2011. And I always say that I must have uh, tapped into like Elon Musk's brain because at that, I feel like I was writing the way how he normally thinks on a regular basis because I was writing like the most outrageous thing and I was not concerned about the how, how am I going to do it. It was just like, just like, you know, writing. I then started visualizing and I was doing some, some mantras around it. And then when midnight came, I took a sip of champagne and literally passed out because I had been at this since 6 a.m. that morning. And what happened was, and three days, literally three days later, my entire life in Latin land, Miami, which is predominantly you know, Latin Americans, and where Spanish is a predominant language, became a of all of these signs pointing me to Paris, France, which I had zero connection to. I am West African. My parents are from Iberia, but there, which was not a, it's not a Francophone uh, uh, African country. It was never colonized by the French. And so it was just super bizarre for me to have all this, like, you know, being bombarded with my whole life all of a sudden, you know, um, being bombarded with every, all things pointing into France. And so this really went on for an entire year. And, like, one day in August, my heart just spoke to me and just said, move. And I said, you know, why not? So I literally, I sold my apartment at a huge loss. I um, sold my car. I gave away all of my things to do some charities except keeping, like, my, my love, my, my files. And the best of the best, like my best clothing and all of my spiritual and personal development books. And I came to Paris. I didn't know a single person. I didn't know one word of French. I didn't have a plan A, a plan B, or a plan C. I had zero knowledge of this culture whatsoever. And I completely came here and created a brand-new life, a brand-new business, a brand-new identity, everything. I just expanded myself, like, above and beyond. Were you terrified? I'm, I'm listening to you, and I don't get that you were terrified, that you just knew that this was something that you had to do. And I've had those times and those 
The first time? Hello? I feel it. I can feel it. Okay. I don't know what it's going to be. But how did you, I mean, there had to have been moments when you were sitting there going, what the heck were you thinking? But I'm thinking those moments were minimal just listening to you. You're talking to the well-advanced line that's, you know, this was in 2000, 2011, right? So I would tell you that my move to Paris uh, came in like uh, three or four moves, right? The first mm-hmm. time I came here, I only came, I only came for two months, right? And so because I, at the time, was in commercial litigation, and I did have some cases that were already scheduled to be in court in March, right? And then there's also a music festival in Miami and March that I never, ever missed. And so my, when I came to Paris, I just came for two months with the return ticket to Miami. So for me, when I, that first two months I was here, it was like just walking to Disney World, right? Because it was like, oh, okay, now I'm going to go back, right? However, the second time I came, um, I came to Paris with less than 500 bucks to my name. And literally, and when I came out, I had, you know, I, I came with, you know, I had some arrangements with the place to stay at the, at the time when I first landed. And, you know, this was in my bank account, like 400 and something, like $460 I had, right? But I also had my bread and butter clients, which were publicly traded companies, which, you know, they were, that, that's what I was living off of, right? And so I just came trusting that, okay, yeah, these people, you know, I've been working with for several years. Everything's going to, you know, continue to go kosher. And let me tell you, when I got here, it was the summer of my life. I literally always, I lost all of three of those clients. Or there were five, actually. Um, and it was like a domino, a domino effect where, like, I literally had to, I was tested more than anything. I had to open up to strangers and to trust that I was divinely guided to actually come because I always tell people, you know, coming to Paris was not my ego bringing me here. It was some other force that brought me here. And so for me, I didn't come to Paris. Paris called me to it. And so I just trusted that whatever was calling me to this, to this city, to this foreign land, it was all going to be revealed to myself. And so I was just coming on pure faith. But let me tell you, when the money just stops, you're like, holy cow. But let me tell you that, I mean, that I really had to come outside of myself. And I was actually thinking about this this morning because I remember, and I was talking to my spiritual teacher at the time from England, and he said to me, he's like, the way you're living your life is the way it's, we're supposed to live in our life as an adventure. And he says, you can go anywhere in the world and you'll always be taken care of. And I really, and that was really tough, you know. I kid you not, there was a girl that I remember meeting online who were at like a social networking website. She was from Morocco. And I met her like one time at a, at a bar, like right across the loop. And this, this was her first meeting, Denise. And she just, and I literally needed a place to live like within 24 hours. And she said to me, she was like, you know what? I go, what made you decide to meet up with me? She was like, you know, I lived in South Korea by myself. And I remember being there and going there alone and not having any base. And when I saw your profile on a small world, I was like, I'm going to return the favor as I wish people would have reached out to me when I was in, when I was in Korea. And so she was like, but you know what? She was like, something is telling me, like, to offer you my apartment. She's like, my brother's graduating in Morocco for two weeks. I'm going to go. My apartment's going to be, do you need a place to live? And literally I was like, but actually I do. I have a place. It's temporary and I have to, you know, be out. And, you know, she was like, I know you don't smoke, and, but she was like, I do smoke, and it is smoke, smell like smoke. But, I mean, literally, those things I had to open up to a different way of living, a, tr- a level of trusting in the universe to let be myself be taken care of. 
and it was a summer. And I'll tell you, though, I actually went back to Miami because I, I, can't, I was coming initially without, without a visa. And you can only be here um, as an American citizen with three months without, you know, without anything, right? But let me tell you, it was so stressful. Um, it was like, you know, a couple of years of, like, living like a gypsy and kind of, like, really finding, like, your place. I had to learn how to walk, how to talk. I mean, the very first time you know, I went to the wa- to wash my clothes, I literally cried because I couldn't figure out, I couldn't read French, I couldn't figure out where to put the soap, and I was like, oh, my God, you're a freaking lawyer, and you can't figure out where to put detergent to wash your clothes. I mean, that was such a humbling experience for me. Imagine. You know, it comes from everything, you know, you own, you know, you had always $300 property, you were driving a Porsche, everybody knew who you were, you have multiple licenses, and you come to Paris, nobody knows you from Diddley, you can't figure out what to put soap to wash your clothes, walking into the post office to mail a letter, just so much anxiety because you're just like, uh, you're just afraid to even like, because you can't, you can't communicate. And so now my French is much, much better, and it's like I'm a whole, you're, you're listening to a completely different person, but I have to go through all the fear. And it sounds the, like, yeah, I, I'm hearing that. And it sounds like you, when you started your journal, you were going through what I call imposter syndrome. We all have it. We have it daily. We really do. I mean, there are moments in everybody's life, you can be Elon Musk all day long, but I bet you money, he has those moments where he's like, I don't know about this. I don't think I'm good enough for this. What the heck am I thinking? And then he just plows on yeah. forward. But we all have that. So you're not alone in that at all. So once you got situated, this is a fascinating story, and thank you. Now we need to kind of move forward and, you know, give us tips and advice, but I really wanted people to know who you are and why you're doing what you're doing and why you're calling me from Paris and, you know, just get a, a sense of, of who you are. Cause I think that's very important for my guests when people listening go, Oh, Oh, that's, she is fascinating. Now I want to hear more. So let's move forward just a bit. And thank you for sharing all of that with us. So how did you, you know, once you, figured out how to mail postage and wash your laundry. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not laughing. Listen, I moved from San Francisco Bay Area to the Deep South. You talk about culture shock. (laughs) There's a lot of French-speaking people here, and I'm like, what? I remember asking my husband at the time, what language are they speaking? He said, that's English. I said, no, it's not. It was Cajun. It's very different. It's very tick, tick, tick. They're hard to understand. And I remember telling my mom, I want to go home, and I hate California. I really do. I always <laughs> born and raised. I have never liked that state. I said, I want to go home. It was terrible. So, I, and it's nothing compared to what you, you know, you went through, but I kind of get it. So, so here's the thing. So once you got settled, and, and obviously you decided not to move back to the States with any kind of permanency, how did you get busy doing what you're doing now you know i initially i was going back and forth so initially i was living between miami and paris because it was just quite difficult it was just way too cold and by like november my inner child was like getting out of here let me get back to like my familiarity so i was living this like really sweet life of splitting my time between miami and paris 
But how I came into the whole business side, because when I arrived here, I was only just an attorney, right? And mm-hmm. so there's a magazine called Expatriates and Magazine, and I'm in, like, I'm in many expat groups. And so the editor of the magazine, um, it's a top magazine all over the, that's read all over the France by its in ambassadors' offices, you know, accounts and everything. And he just said, I'm looking for a very unique story about someone moving to Paris, and I just happened to see it. And I said, hey, I like to submit my art, my story. I was just featured in New York in a blog. And so I sent him the actual the blog, and he's like, could you please reduce it to 600 words within 24 hours? And I said, absolutely. And so I was in a December issue of this magazine, and I completely blew up in the expat community. And I became known as, like, this girl from Shaved Head, because I have my head shaved, um, that, moved to my, that moved from Miami to Paris just, um, you know, because of following signs. And so that's how my speaking career began because people read that magazine and so I started being asked to come speak at local like soirees here in Paris. And so that's, so my speaking career actually started here. And so I started speaking about my life and then next thing I knew, when I got here, I actually started writing books. Um, I became super inspired and what I realized was that Paris was the way to call me into becoming more of myself. Because ever since I was six years old, I was groomed to be an attorney. My father is former minister of finance for my country of Liberia. He's very well known as a public figure. So I grew up in a very diplomatic, you know, international environment. And that's the track I was on to work for the UN, you know, that level in like diplomacy, you know. And maybe uh, I actually interviewed with the CIA when I finished law school, but I realized that my path was quite different in the sense of, like, I'm here to live, take, not to take the conventional path, right? And I really believe that my main message outside of law is really living the life that you really want, which includes, like, your business. I am not meant to work for somebody else. I am meant to actually work for myself and to live this life that, that it's just that, that fits me. And I think, and, and, and I want your audience to actually know that. And so from then, that's when I created Where Inspiration Meets Law from the lockdown last year, which is really to serve, you know, a, a big part of the community, which I see, or the economic community, that I now feel drawn to, which are, which are the visionaries, which are the startups, which are the entrepreneurs and the, co- the transformational coaches, because my entire career for the last decade has been focused on corporate law and corporations and helping them become rich and wealthy, you know, and do what they do. And so, and, and I've just, I'm literally doing everything. And honestly, just by following my curiosity, following my passion, because I, I'm very much uh, have a foot in both worlds of law, big money, you know, security, stocks and bonds. And I'm also to very, like, meditate, kundalini yoga and all the things like that. And I just, I've meshed those two. And it's just like a beautiful marriage. And I, to me, that's the definition of success for me and the way that I'm living my life. And it's, it's showing up with my businesses. Exactly. And you talk about the importance of, and people are going to shudder, I'm going to tell you right now, the importance of involving lawyers in your online business from the get-go. And I can almost feel people going, I can't afford that. Why would I need to do that? It's too late. I've been in business for a long time. I mean, I can hear it all. Part of that's me going... Okay. <laughs> All right. Part of that's me. But, but you know, the, <laughs> I just back up right now. Yeah, I started my business kind of like you did. I just started doing it. It ran. I mean, it developed legs within minutes, it seemed like. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, geez, now what do I do? And this was yeah. a long time ago. I've been doing what I do since, well, I got my computer science degree in 2001 launched my business right about that same time 
And I'm still going, oh, geez, now what do I do? So I'm not alone here. Yeah, you know, the the biggest thing for me, what I'm so passionate about with entrepreneurs is that, you know, I want entrepreneurs, first and foremost, when it comes to approaching a business with legal, is to change the lens in which they look at, at, at legal. First of all, if you talk yourself you can't afford something, you won't. So it's right. never a question of I, I can't. It's, it's really how can I afford it or who can help me actually you know, afford this, right? What I like about corporations is that corporations know that legal is very integral to the success. Before they will open up and put up a sign that says we are open for business, the first thing the CEO does is he goes and sees an attorney and gets set up legally, and then he goes and sees if the CPA is not there in that, in that meeting with the CPA with the tax person to get set up, you know, to be, you know, in the, in the right tax structure. And they know from, as, from the very, as they go along their business, that those two people, players, are the, very, the, the most important part of the business, right? Entrepreneurs, on the other hand, sees, and so corporate sees legal as an investment. It's not an expense to them, right? And so our fees always get paid first because, number one, it's a priority. And when you make things a priority, you will always have the money for it. It's the same thing when people say, I don't have any money, but then when the new iPhone comes out, people are lining up outside yep. of sort of buying a new iPhone. That's like, what, $1,500, right? So it's, it's, yep. it's about what do you really want to invest in, you know? Entrepreneurs, on the other hand, sees legal as is expensive. It's an expense. They think, like, I don't need it until something goes wrong. And so they tend to engage in legal self-help. And also, too, the newest thing that I seem to absolutely cringe over is going onto Facebook and asking a bunch of non-lawyers legal questions and actually for legal advice and actually taking their advice not knowing that that is the most detrimental thing you can actually do to your business. You know, legalist is not from a point, from example of, okay, like a protection standpoint, but it's also, too, from a growth and scaling standpoint, right? For example, we, you see my right. Facebook now. I talk a lot about trademarks, right? And there's a reason why I you talk do. about trademarks. First of all, every content creator right now, that's you, that's myself, that's probably everybody that's listening, everybody who has a social media account that's putting any, a photo out there on Instagram, that's putting any kind of inspirational content, any kind of teaching content, whether they're making money on it or not, that is your intellectual property. You can create a business from that. And if you actually have a business with that, your leverage to actually grow your business rests within your IP. You know, for example, people are not really recognizing right now that if they have a federal trademark over, like, their brand name and they grow their business, you can then take their brand name and actual licenses out, okay? Let's just make it more uh, concrete. If you do courses online, right, if you are a coach or whatever you are, you have courses, right, what you can then do is actually take that course and sell it to uh, a university, uh, a Coursera, to Harvard, you know, any of these online schools, but you need to own the intellectual property on it to be able to get the licensing fees from that. That's not about, I mean, protection. That's actually like leveraging your income and, increase your, and increasing your, you know, your, your, your balance and your, you know, your, your business. And so these things are very, very important. When you edge lawyers out, you know, you're literally like you're missing out on all of these things. Okay, so Wani, when you're saying, because I'm in the middle of creating some courses, do I need to trademark or copyright, and we'll get to the difference in those, do I need to trademark every single course title? No. So what, what I would say for you is you would take, I always, you, you pick the name that you are, that is your business, that is your marketing, right? Okay. Right? 
So for and that I would say same Coca Cola, right? Coca Cola has like an eighty year trademark. Nothing has changed with the name Coca Cola, right? So think about the name that you are going to even when you pass away that you want like your heirs to actually carry on the business that they actually want to. That is what you actually trademark. So for example, your the name of your podcast. Absolutely, you want to podcast that because that's been running for such a long time. That's what you know, and and, and that's you know that's what you know everyone knows you around the world for, right? As far as mm-hmm. I know, maybe there's there's other things, right? Now, so right. you just want to actually and protect that, protect. Perfect, I love it. Yes. <laughs> and so now, with your courses, your content, you want to copyright those the content. And I always say that you would be pissed off. If you discover that you put something out there and somebody stole it from you, were using it as their own. Now, granted, you can't, you know, you can't um, copyright everything, right? But it's just like whatever is important to you. For example, if you have a course where you're teaching something, which is your 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 secret sauce, where you're training people, where you're certifying people in something, and your method, and your you know, and your way, your processes. Absolutely, you want to have that content to be copyrighted with the federal registration and here's why when you publish anything like right now this broadcast that we're doing this is your content this is your copyright okay now it once you as we're speaking as it's being broadcast to the public to the public by common law it's yours however for example if i would never do this but if i want to take it as my own and claim it as myself and you know and violate our agreement then if you wanted to sue me you would not be able to unless you have actually registered the the, the the script of this conversation and that in, 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 in which in the law would give you the right to actually sue me for a copyright infringement oh that could get expensive very very quickly actually it's actually, not it's, not. it's, it's really really che- it's the cheapest to uh, really? I mean the cheapest yeah to, to copyright without legal fees um, it's like forty five dollars to sixty five dollars hmm Depending mm-hmm. upon like the exactly what you're copywriting, um, if it you know like for right now I you know uh, a lot of like uh, my clients are coming to me and what they're 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 certifying um, like their entire like membership you know their sites like I've got one client she's a human design reader right she's now teaching other people other coaches how to um, how to you know do human 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 design charts reading right she's got a whole method she's got all these videos she's got all these like pdfs and so we've got all that together the fee for that at the copyright office is just 65 dollars it's oh, nothing that's good and to know. get this and, and get this the copyright office because of the growth and you know in online businesses and entrepreneurship and because of the coaching and the content industry have now created a separate category to where you can actually put all of your 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 um, social media posts that you do on Facebook or Instagram and put it together in a PDF and copyright that. Super cheap. Hmm. Oh wow! I, I'm, my brain yeah. just my brain just left the room. Like oh my god, I can't. <laughs> I've been social media marketing for years. If I had to put all that into a PDF, I I would be here sitting at my desk probably until oh I don't know, three years from now. <laughs> it would take me forever. <laughs> but you know, the other side of that is I've put out a lot of content, so that's good, right? Yeah, yeah. 
you just okay. you, have to, you have to pick and choose. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah, it, it yeah. It will become very laborious, you know, to to you know to copyright everything. But I can, like I said, if you're certifying people in a program, you know what I mean? As some of your gotcha. you know your your paywalls, right? So for example, if you have if you, you know you have a you have a membership site which is we keep a pay on there, and you're giving them like your top echelon, you know, content. Obviously, you don't want people to take that, to rip that off and, you, and go in and take it off and use it as their own, which, by the way, happens quite a bit to course content, you know, content creators, which is why you we should, you know, it. people, do, you need to actually we, talk, talk right in this thing. We see that all the time. I mean, constantly. Yeah. I don't know why people can't just work in their own brains and say, hey, I built this. I love it. I'm proud of it. Here you go. But that's not how it works. No, you know, it's it's the whole limited belief that we all have to some level of I'm not good enough. And we see other people, you know, that appears to have the success of the dream of, and, and that's what people do, unfortunately. It is, but, you know, they get caught. And these days it's a lot easier to get caught. And I, I just, my best advice is don't do it. You are you. Exactly. Be you. Do you. I do me all the time. It wouldn't occur exactly. to me. Exactly to try to be anybody else. And that's one of the reasons I do this podcast is because, listen, I'm an introvert. You know this. I am a high-functioning introvert. I live in a very small town. It used to be a village. It's a town now. We grew up in southwest Louisiana. I'm not too far from the Gulf of Mexico as a crow flies. I don't see a lot of people. I don't meet a lot of people, but I do online, and I do on my podcast. And we become friends. I mean, y'all are my mentors as far as I'm concerned. I learn more from people like you on my podcast. I mean, I'm scribbling notes. I'm going back and I'm writing all the things down that we talked about. I'm sharing it. You're my mentors. I would (laughs) never, ever think to take something that you did or you said or you wrote and try to make it my own. My stomach just clenches even thinking about that. Some people don't have that sense of right and wrong though and it's too bad yeah so one of the things that you're talking about in our our pre-interview you were talking about solidifying your relationship with customers clients team members and contractors and you're talking Mm -hmm. about managing expectations which i'm pretty good at i tell people what i want when i need it and then i let them run with it i'm not going to stand over their their shoulder that doesn't work but so many times if we have not solidified what our expectations are, and I see this all the time in some of the groups that I lurk around in and on Facebook, all of a sudden they're not getting paid. They're being mistreated, maltreated. Why the heck does that even happen? I mean, if you are a business, shouldn't you be first up, this is what I can do for you. This is what it's going to cost you. Why don't people do that? I see so many people say, well, you know, I I worked and worked and worked and I didn't get paid. Well, you worked for free. (laughs) What what kind of respect? And I'm being polite there. I didn't say dumbass. Well, I I just did. But, you know, I see it all the time. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, it's it's very interesting, you know, coming from representing and working with, like, big, big corporations where these things are just, like, just so standard, you know what I mean? It's like, duh, like, nothing gets done without a, without a contract to then coming to the online space where, 
you know, it's like a whole different ecosystem. It's like the matrix within the matrix, and it's a whole different way that people are operating in their thing because, you know, that, you know, for example, we take the coaching industry, which is an unregulated, you know, industry, you know, in the U.S. and other parts of the world, and people think that it's the coaching industry is above, it's above the law, and it's like, no, it's not. You know, and it's like to a certain degree, I mean, everyone's kind of running their businesses like off of their social media. I mean, imagine that, you know. And so I don't know if because it seems like there's a level of play where it allows people to be like the express itself, but it's like, hey, business is actually still business, you know. And so there's this tendency to want to like do away with the whole, you know, contract, and specifically with women, you know. A lot of it, a lot of what I'm finding out too is, is that, you know, so many uh, people that are in their business for themselves now are coming because they hate it. They hate corporate, right? They hated all the restraints that corporate, you know, working at a corporation put onto them. And, you know, and to many extents, kind of women having to be very masculine in the, you know, in the, work, in the, in the, in the workforce. And so now when you get on the online space and coaching spaces, there's all this, like, you know, doing it with all this, you know, all these, like, structures and, and, and legal infrastructures that what you need for, that any business needs to succeed. There's a lot of, like, downplay of, like, oh, we don't need that. It's all icky and kind of like being a like, feminine vibe. And, you know, meditate and journal. And it's like, no, 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 sweetheart. Businesses need this to succeed. Like, this is, <laughs> this, this is not a masculine. It's, no, this is what real businesses do. Real businesses use contracts. They're incorporated. They're going to write tax structure. There's a bookkeeper involved. There's, you know, analysis. There's profit and loss reports. There's daily client acquisition systems. Otherwise, you just have a hobby and you're hoping making money from it. Exactly. And you know what I'm noticing? There are so many, and I see this a lot in, you know, solopreneurs. Let's call them solopreneurs. They're entrepreneurs, but they're not quite all the way into their business yet. And they will say, okay, I'm going to be a virtual assistant or an online business manager, or I'm going to be a podcast engineer. They have not structured anything and they're taking a beating about the head and shoulders too many of them and it worries me because they have missed the part that you just said so passionately business is business and they want to you know they want to show up they want to help out they genuinely want to be helpful but then they're not being paid or they're being disrespected and I'm a web developer in my my world we have a you know, if you don't set those expectations, we have a term for that, and it's called scope creep. And I will nail you on scope creep. I'm very clear about what the expectations that I want from you for me to build this yeah. website, social media, and I'm very clear what you can expect from me. And, yes, I'm going to fluff a bit and say, sure, I'll be happy to help you with that within reason. Right. But scope creep will kill anything. So you have to – those ex- expectations – need to be set and met as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. And to be using contracts that are drafted by, you know, by attorneys, you know, what I see a lot to so many, the entrepreneurs, the solopreneurs, everyone's doing their own contracts. It's a disaster. I've seen those contracts before and it's like, you're not protected. I, you know, I was talking to a woman in Australia not too long ago and she she asked me a question and I was like, well, what is your, what is the, 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 the choice of venue uh, of jurisdiction and your contract says that there's a dispute. She goes, "Oh, there is one. I didn't know. I didn't know that's supposed to be in it." And she dropped her own, her own contract, and I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I know. We don't know what we don't know. I'm not an attorney. 
I'm, I don't pretend to be yeah. an attorney on TV. I mean, I don't know what you know. I would much rather talk with somebody like you who can say, Denise, what were you thinking? Well, I wasn't. Let's fix this. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just, it's, so for me, I, you know, it's, it's, I'm very passionate about it because I just, I can tell you also, too, that, you know, I sort of, my, my legal career, like, doing law that I have to hate it, which is litigation, um, but it was also, it was breach of contract, and so I'm very good at drafting contracts now because I've litigated it, you know, from when things hit the fan, right? And it's like, what I find right now is, like, the, the, the sector of the economy that I, I personally feel like really is a future at this point with what's happened with COVID and how the world is actually shifting. These are the people that really need to have it together from a structural basis when it comes to the account and the legal. And these are the ones that are literally avoiding it and doing things like that and putting it in their hands. I mean, I just, I still have a new business here in, 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 in Paris. I literally, I have not had one client yet um, up until now. I just, I mean, the, the company was set up in April. I just sent out my last, my, I mean, my first, invoice and i've been paying a, a cpa every month for that for his fees and there's nothing there because guess what i, I talked to him we set everything up it's all done correctly and i want his monthly guidance i just give everything to him and he's going to be taking care of it i and i but just you know no money's been coming in that's why you have to think about your business beforehand well and that's exactly right and to kind of go back to what i referenced earlier and i see this again Moni, I'm telling you, I'll never need a facelift, honest to God. I lurk around in these Facebook groups, and I comment every once in a while, but mostly my comments shouldn't be on, in writing because I'm thinking, oh, my God, what were you thinking? <laughs> so I just stay out of it. But I, I'm, I'm watching, and I'm listening, and I'm commiserating, and I'm thinking, oh, geez. But so many, uh, and, and this is honestly what I'm seeing the most of, is like, well, I'm not getting paid. I did all this work, and I worked mm. for this amount, and I'm not getting paid. Well, that's on you. You're working for free. Yeah. You don't have a retainer. And they'll say, oh, well, you know, I, I you know, do my work in packages, and I do this and that. You cannot work for free and expect to budget and I'm going to say this again you cannot budget if you don't know what's coming in if you are working right. by retainer or projects and you have good agreements and good contracts you can budget guess what you get to pay your house note yeah I, I don't understand the thinking I really don't you know, I would say that, you know, one of the things that people are not prepared for when, and I wasn't prepared for this, when I showed my, my first business, you know, almost 14 years ago, which was the mindset and the energetic piece. You know, I came from working, I had a semi-corner office, you know, overlooking on, you know, Key Biscayne in Miami, looking at the beach, beautiful Miami weather, you know, circle area. I had a secretary, we had an accountant, like everything was done for me. I just like literally did the legal work and everything else they did, right? I never had to go out there for sure business for my law firm at all. And so I, what happens is like when I, when I started my business, I was like, oh, crap, like all of this stuff is not on me. And what ended up happening was like all of these like uh, self-worth issues came up when it came time to, like, asking for a price, you know what I mean, and, and saying your price out there. And, again, like you say, the imposter syndrome, like, comes out there, right? And I think that's, what ha that's what's happening with a lot of these 
um, entrepreneurs and solopreneurs that are saying I'm not getting paid and they don't have their legal construct set up, they don't have any contracts, they're afraid to sign contracts, and it's like, you know, that the inner piece, the inner game is equally as important as well as the structures that you need to actually have into place because I'm the person, I didn't come from an entrepreneurial family. You know, in my family, there's, there was, you know, before me, there was my uncle, but everybody else has worked for somebody else. My mom is a registered nurse. You know, my dad was a former, you know, government minister, but it was all working for somebody else, you know. And so, you know, unless you had, you know, entrepreneurial parents that kind of taught you the, the showed your roads, the inner work is really, really important because all your self-worth crap that has been buried that you have no idea that's underneath there is going to come up. And, and you need to work on online. it. Exactly. You need and to be I aware of it and you need to tackle it. Completely. And we're in the business and the, 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 the workforce or the way we do business is now really changed in a sense of now it's based on your personality, right? People are doing business, you know, like it's just as important for me to put my lifestyle on, on, in Paris as it is for me to make a post about trademarking copyrights because people want to see what do you do and people are they want to they want to be able to connect with you and so you know you have to put yourself out there. I mean, right now the social medias have replaced our you know the resumes and LinkedIn, right? Everybody wants to see okay, who am I dealing with? And so all of these things come into you know come into play too. So like you're saying, absolutely, you've got to work on that stuff. I work on it so daily. Every day, I do two hours of, med- uh, of mindset work. Oh, I do too, first thing when I wake up. Yeah. And I'm one of those people, my mom used to say, oh, my God, when she wakes up, her, her eyes open, her feet hit the floor, and the devil says, oh, crap, she's awake. And I was that <laughs> way. I was that way forever, trust me. But I had to learn that, you know, even if there was a cat on my bladder, I could not get up because I needed to express my gratitude. Yeah. I needed to sit with myself. I needed to sit with those early waking thoughts that your inside yeah. and your yeah. subconscious is serving up to you if you're paying any kind of attention at all. And I have to do that kind of work that you just referenced because if I don't, my day just goes to garbage in a hurry. Yeah. And when I try to backtrack, it's like, oh, yeah, the devil spoke. <laughs> you did not do your gratitude <laughs> work. <laughs> okay, go sit down. <laughs> so, yeah, it's there, it's there so is that. It is. It, it really is. And, you know, we are whole people. We're not just, in my case, a you know, web developer. In your case, well, I'm a lot of things. But, Or in your case, you know, an attorney, because you're a lot of things. But I think yeah. once we get out of that, you know, I don't know how to do this. I haven't proven myself. Nobody's going to pay me for this. They will. If you've got something that people really need and you're expressing how it can help them, they're going to follow you. But you're right. They need to know you, like you, and trust mm-hmm. you. I mean, without that, you've got nothing. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm fascinated with this conference, and I'm trying really hard not to interrupt. It's just not in my wheelhouse, but everybody knows this. So anyway, I'm trying, though. I really am. So we talked about copy. Oh, what is the difference? Really quickly, Wani, because I, I don't know that we define this, and I know it, but what is the difference between copyright and trademarks, and why should people really, really find you and ask you questions about these things? Ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, yes, you did ask me to cover that. So it's, it is very important because it's, it's, I get this question quite a bit. 
So a trademark is your brand identity. It is your name. It is your logo. It is like your tagline. It is exactly what, when your name comes up, what people think about you, right? So Denise Griff, you know, it's you. It's your partner's success reader, right? Mikey, it's just do it. It's a swoosh sign, right? Right. So you know, it's the it's the woman Apple. It's the computer. You know what I mean? It's you know, it's the computer, right? It's like literally what your brand, your brand identity is. It could be a word. It could be a phrase. It could be a logo. It could be a sentence, and it you know, it can be a combination of both, right? So what you want people to actually know you as. Now, and that's for that covers on the trademark. Copyright covers like your literal expression. So it's your thoughts. It's like, it could be it could be a book, it could be a manuscript, it could be a, a song, it could be a poem, it could be an album, it could be videos, it could be photographs, like things that are just literally literal expressions of you that you have created. That's your copyright. Now, like as I was saying earlier, like once you publish it, and when you or once you produce it. By law, it's actually your copyright. However, you can put this, you know, the, the copyright symbol on there. However, if you wanted to sue someone for copyright infringement, you would not be able to unless you have a federal registration. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so thank you. So basically mm-hmm. what, what I need to ask you now, because I'm intensely curious, I mean, you've been working at this for a while. What are maybe the top three questions that you're getting as you're working more with, with people like me and entrepreneurs and coaches, what, what are you seeing as the kind of evolving, oh, my gosh, I need help with? First and foremost, it's um, this particular question here. I'm getting tons of inquiries about uh, copyright and trademark. Um, a lot of people are just concerned about how long does it take, and I would say don't worry about it. Um, in the U.S., it's about a year. Um, however, once your application gets initially filed, which is electronically, but you know you then get a serial number and you you have common law protection. So meaning, if somebody else came along and tried to um, to file a registration while your application is pending, they would not be they would not be able to. Um, the second question that I get a lot is people asking me, okay, this is the business I actually have. What do I need to what do I need for it to become legal, meaning that what type of contract, like, should I be using? Um, and then if they've already got something, and then what those, because a lot of people, what they'll do is, like, when they aren't making money, they'll do things themselves. And then when they start actually kind of making the money, like, I need to get legit, they'll come in and then they'll bring and say, okay, this is what I actually have. Can you take a look at it and to tell me whether it's, I'm covered or not? And it's, just, it's all about am I protected? And usually if you've done it yourself, you're not. Unless it's been done by an attorney that knows your business, you're not protected. Anything you're doing by yourself legally, you're just not protected because you don't know the law. I actually had somebody who is now a former client send me a, I don't even, I I call it a toilet paper document, and he wanted me to sign it, and I refused. And and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but it was, you know, clearly something he had done. And he's been my client for four years. I wasn't trying to get ugly, but it was junk. And I knew it was junk. Yeah. So I came back and I said, listen, if there's anything in this, all of this has been covered ad nauseum. It's been asked and answered. But if there is anything in particular in here that you really are concerned about, please have your attorney rewrite this and send it to me and I'll have my attorney look at it. And that was actually this wasn't even necessary but it was garbage 
I've seen lots of those, and I, you're exactly, you're right. They're just their junk, and I commend yeah. you for not finding it. Oh no, there was no possible way. <laughs> Starters, it didn't even make sense to me. I kept saying, "What? I've already answered all of this. You've got an email string. What the mm-hmm. heck?" So, and you know, and I, he's a good guy. He's a, he's been a terrific client. But this was, honestly, I think it was just because. I wanted a divorce. I quit. <laughs> he didn't like that. <laughs> it was time. It had been four years, and, you know, it was time for me to go do something different that it was a bit more challenging. But uh, reading it again this morning, I think, oh, I think he's really upset. <laughs> but I wasn't going to sign it. So, but we do. And, yeah, and I love that you're saying don't write it yourself. I, I wouldn't. I know better. But, you know, and you've said this a couple of times, and I think it's important we need to kind of cover it again. There's an awful lot of garbage advice on Facebook and LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And all these, if you're not an attorney, don't be giving that kind of information. One of my biggest gripes is in a couple of these podcast groups. And, again, my eyebrows hit my hairline on a regular basis. It's like, oh, my God, you've been a podcaster for, oh, 12 minutes. What the heck are you trying to do here? Stop (laughs) talking. You don't know enough to give any advice. Stop. Just stop. So I think if people would say, listen, find the people who actually have done it, who know what they're doing, who are licensed or certified, yes, it's going to cost you, but what's what's it cost you down the road when you go, oh, crud? I guess I should have taken better advice. Absolutely. This is saying that we have a law, which is if you think it's expensive to pay a professional, try an amateur, meaning yourself. And, mm-hmm. you know, to more, to more elaborate, it's like, you, you know, the money that you're trying to save in the very beginning, you know, from, uh, you know, a couple of, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you're going to end up paying double and triple that with the mistakes you're going to find out, you know, towards the end at some, at some point. You know, and it just goes to show that, you know, from the very beginning, when I, you know, when I listen to very super, super successful, like, you know, like the coaching, and it's just like blowing up, right? People are like making I millions of dollars, like, per, you know, per month. And, and everybody's like, a coach right now, Wani, everybody. It's starting to really gripe me. Dog. Everybody's a coach. <laughs> yep. And the dog probably makes better sense in some cases. <laughs> Comple- you know, completely. But the thing that I like about some of these really successful, you know, uh, like mega success, the million, the multimillionaires, is they'll all the things that I really believe you have to treat your business like a real business from the very, very beginning. And when you do, it'll actually become that. And But when you try to, like, you know, be a cheapskate and, um, you know, uh, take away from or not put the uh, put the fertilizer in it like you would for it to actually grow, it's just not. You know, like for another thing, going back to the thing where people ask, is like, let's look at the corporate structure, right? Right now it's appalling to me how there are so many coaches and so many business owners, but they are not even incorporated. It just blows my mind. Like, how can you say you're a business and you don't have it, you're not even incorporated, right? Even if you take like the lowest level, of an incorporation of a which is not really even a structure to begin with, which is as a, a sole proprietor or a DBA or a fictitious name registration, which I would never ever recommend anybody doing that because number one, the whole point of setting up a, a business is it is a legal separation between your personal assets, you know, for yourself right now, for your heirs and everything you own or you could own from the business. 
But when you are a sole proprietor, which I see all the time people going on Facebook and asking these, you know, non-Facebook lawyers, oh, just do a DBA. And I'm like, no, they don't even know that you're putting yourself at risk for personal liability for any deaths for, you know, for that, for that business or however you're interacting as a business. Like there's no point. There's no separation with that. And so it's these little really simple things that people just don't know. And then the same thing is even when, you know, when you start bringing in, bringing in the bus, I mean, like, there's a different tax liability when you're making five grand versus when you're making 50 grand a month. And so if you're not mm-hmm. the right tax liability, that's why I tell people, everyone gets pissed off every year when the tax comes out and we discover Jeff Bezos, the richest man on the freaking planet, pays zero taxes. And I'm like, and everybody gets all caught up in their feelings and we're around and like, listen, people. Don't hate the player. Learn to play the game. It's like he is not doing that without a lawyer. He's doing that legally because mm-hmm. he's sat and down with the law. CPA. It's yeah, and I go, right. and honestly, he's being, to be honest with you, people may hate me or disagree with that. He's being responsible with his money. It's like, you know, what is the maximum way that I can legally make as much money as I want and actually keep it? And I think people forget, and this is just me going off on a tangent, but I think that people forget because he is able to keep a lot of that money. He's also able to be a bigger player in the economy. He hires people. He builds things. You want him to do this from broke? I, I don't. I don't understand the process. You know, the thought process. You know, well, there's no, there's no taxes. Yeah, there are, but they're at different levels. You know, come on now. But you know, people don't get that. The, the impact, you know, and it's like, but, you know, for me, you know, maybe it's because of my training, but I'm, I'm very much able to look at things objectively and just can see, but I'm just like, you know, it just goes to show you, I mean, none of these mega wealthy people are doing what they're doing without an attorney. And so if you're listening on this call and you're someone that has a small business right now, or you're just a solopreneur and you're one of these people that are just, you know, doing your own contract and, you know, you're not even incorporated and you're going on Facebook and asking, you know, lawyer questions or whatever you're doing that's not really legally legit for or helpful for your business, just think about this conversation in mind. It looks like a Tony Robbins, right? I mean, this guy I was is just thinking of him when you said mega coach. It's got to be Tony Robbins. He is the master. He created his industry. Tony Robbins has, I'm in his inner circle. He has 84 companies. Do you think Tony Robbins winning any of those companies without a freaking attorney, without any, without any, no. um, you know, no. And I can no. tell you, I I was in his UPW um, in March, and then I joined. He recently launched a membership site it's called the Inner Circle, and I remember like about a month into it, we had a call with his business analyst that is for all 84 of his companies. It happened to be like at 1.30 at my time here in Paris. It's like, it was like a 24-minute call. And she was like, listen, I'm not here to sell you anything. I just want you to get a pen and paper, and I want you to write one through seven down. She says, listen, if you want to have a success, these are the seven business principles that Tony looks at every single day to manage to look at his companies and see where they're, where they're at and how he manages his companies. Whether you work with one of our coaches or whether you work with any coach from wherever you want, we don't really care. She said, if the people aren't telling you you need to have one through seven to actually have a successful business, she goes, they're they're stealing from you. They're lying to you. They're stealing your money. And number five uh, that I remember that I wrote down was lawyers and CPAs. And she said, you talk to them every single day. And see, 
I agree with you. And one of the conversations that I've been having a lot on this podcast, we seem to run in cycles. And one of the conversations has been about HR. And something that stuck with me, human resources, if you're going to grow your company, you're eventually going to say, okay, I need, you know, kind of a corporate structure. I need people in the office. I need them in-house or I need them wherever they're going to be. One of the things that was said to me that made perfect sense was that HR should be the first person at the table in that situation. Well, yeah, because they're going to put you in touch with, you know, attorneys and, you know, accountants and they're going to make sure that everything is working as it should so depending on where you're at like I'm a solopreneur I'm an entrepreneur I don't have HR but if I were to start that kind of company HR would have a seat at the table you know absolutely and I can tell you that you know I just so happen to be sitting here because I am an attorney but I would tell people that right now with whatever is happening in this world wherever you are on the table of COVID one thing is for sure, there's an opportunity right now for everyone to become wealthy, okay? Literally, we live in a world right now where the phone that I'm talking to you on, you can run a multi-million dollar business from it without a website, you know, without many different things, right? And you've got all these platforms in order to do that. But I'm telling you to you that you're not, you're going to miss the boat if you're going to be cutting corners. There are just certain things I haven't practicing business law for nearly 20 years. I'm in my 18th year of practice. I don't look that old, but 18 years I've been doing this, and it's all been business and corporate and securities, all working with CEOs, CFOs, and, you know, investors. Literally, you're not going to be able to do it, edging those two players up with your business. And you're hurting yourself the more that you think you can actually do it on your own. And I would say to people, if you're sitting in a position where you're saying, I don't have the money to invest. I'm like, don't start the business then. Wait until actually, you know what, get the business plan ready. Because nobody tells mm-hmm. you that, by the way. Right. Nobody tells you to create a business plan first. Then take that business plan to see a lawyer and then to talk to a bookkeeper and, and, and do all those things and then start the business. But nowadays with social media and everybody's a coach, everybody creates a web page, I mean, a social media profile. Oh, I'm a coach, does a live and ask for money. Right. right. And listen, when I started, I had none of this. I did it best backwards. It, it was horrible. And then over time, I had, because I grew so quickly, which is not a bad thing, but in some ways it was. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm trying to cover my butt. Like, oh, geez, oh, geez, <laughs> I need this, I need that, oh, geez. <laughs> and that takes away from what you really love to do. So all yeah. of a sudden, you're backtracking. It's exhausting, and, you know, just do it right the first time, if you can. It, but, but, Wani, it's never too late, and I want you to talk a little bit about that because it's never too late. No, no, no. And I'm so glad you actually said it. I don't, want everybody, I don't want anybody feeling bad about this. I don't want anyone, but I just really want, as you can see, what you're hearing is just my passion. It's just my drive. I mean, 14 years ago, I didn't have this passion because I was doing work that I absolutely hated. You know, I was working with clients that I just felt like didn't really – they didn't need money. You know, it was just, but now I'm working with people that literally are, it's their businesses are, are their babies, right? This is your baby, Denise, right? That we're talking on, right? So, I, mm-hmm. I'm, so I'm just passionate about really helping people. So no matter where you're at, you know, law is not, or legal is not, or, you know, it's not something that you do once and you forget about it, right? It's like, it's something you do at every integral part of your business. So I will just say the one thing is like, you know, 
just reach out to an attorney in, in your jurisdiction or wherever, you know, and just say, go have a conversation, have a consultation, have a legal strategy session, whatever you want to call it, just to see where you're at. Do an ass- a legal assessment of your business and see what you have, what you don't have. Especially now, okay, we're, we have COVID, right? We're, oh, the world's opening up. If you're going to be doing events, you better not be having an event without a, a legal liability waiver. Right. Know, to, to cover yourself, you better make sure you have business insurance. Like, these things, you need to know it because the minute you, you, you have an event, it's in your home, you know, you're all like, oh, we're just friends, and somebody is, you know, catches COVID and somebody gets sick, it's a lawsuit. It's, in the right. United States, it's a lawsuit. Whether, and whether you have money or not, because we have a very litigious society that encourages, you can sue people for whatever, and just to, you know, just to be a, just to, just to file a lawsuit, just to, get, just to get, get money from people, you're going to be looking at a lawsuit. So you need to protect yourself and your assets and your business and your family. Exactly. So, and I want, while you were talking about that, find an attorney, but find the right attorney. When you're going on Google, and you talk about this too, when you're going on Google, don't just type in attorney in your town. You're looking, drill it down. Are you looking for a divorce mm-hmm. attorney? Are you looking for a corporate attorney? Are you looking for succession planning? What are you looking for? Make sure you find the right attorney. So we are, we're still streaming. We're not, well, we're still recording. We're not, we're not, bad, 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 bad. I just lost my brain. We are no <laughs> longer streaming, but we are still recording. So before I let you go, is there anything else that you wanted to share with our audience? Um, gosh, you know, I would just say, um, you know what, this is your moment. Seize it. Law aside, you know, all the, the mechanical mechanics we actually have talked to because this is about a this is a podcast about success, you know. First of all, I want you to know you already are successful. Okay? And you have to start to see yourself as successful now to bring in the bigger success that you actually are calling in for yourself. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a visionary, being a business owner is one of the most incredible journeys you will ever, ever take for yourself. And I just want to say, like, do not shortchange yourself in terms of doing the things that businesses actually need just because you have an online business, just because you think you are a, oh, I'm just a healer, or I'm just, you, you are here to make a difference, okay? And it's like, but you need to be supported. And so, you know, you need to do the things for your business that actually, that, you know, to, to give it a fertilizer to actually, you know, to actually grow. But first and foremost, you can have as a, you know, as a success, see yourself as a badass because it really is the truth, you know, and you're not lending yourself any uh, favors by, like, you know, browbeating yourself and beating yourself down. But just to be like, you know, I hope this talk, and everybody who's listened to this walks away, walks away from this, they're inspired. Um, you know, and very motivated and just, you know, like, how many, you know, I just, you know, I, I get the products out there or make your business more legit or just do whatever you know you haven't done before. And I also want to just give your people a gift, if I may, if I can, yes. can I announce that at the time. Yes, please. And I wanted to tell you while I'm listening to you, this whole time we've been chatting, there's this little thought bubble that's been popping up over my head. And it's kind of a synopsis of what I'm hearing from you. But basically it says, get out of your own way. Yeah. That's what I'm, my thought bubble, and I have them. We all have yeah. them. I, and I would yeah, say sure. one of the things that, that that really helps me, and I'll tell you what I what I what I journal on every single day is that that next version of myself. You know, and I would say that you know that next version of yourself of for your business, which your business will actually achieve that, 
is not who is listening to this podcast right now. And so every day do the internal work to really connect with that person to see what they would do, the decisions that they will make, you know, how will they be structuring their days. And so from that place, then go ahead and take the action steps and you will find yourself really like, you know, making quantum leaps and shifts into your business. Because like we talked about earlier, the mindset shift is equally as important as the, you know, mechanical bits of the law and the bookkeeping and the accounting and all of that, the structures. See, now you just freaked me out a bit in a good way because this morning, <laughs> in a good way, because you're talking about when you're journaling, you're talking to the, the new you, the tomorrow you, not the what's yeah. going on today. And darned if I can remember where I read this this morning because I read all the time. I'm a voracious reader. And it was probably at 318 this morning, but I read something exactly like that. And then here you come and say it. There are no accidents. Uh-huh. You know, they're, they're, no. I'm going to find it, and I'm going to send it to you because I went, okay, well, that makes sense. And then here you come and reinforce it. So I'm just a little freaked out, just just a little smidge. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And you, it's, it's amazing. For me, like, I, I was journaling with myself at the end of 2021. Like, literally, 2000, uh, January, December 31st, 2021, I was connecting with that person. Me six months from now. Right. And I completely understand that, but twice in one day. Another thought bubbles popping up that get out of your own way. So there it is. So, Wanda, you mentioned a gift. Go ahead and share that if you would. Yeah, so I've got this beautiful uh, PDF that I've just put out together, and it's just um, getting released actually on the show. And it's literally I have been observing online all of the mistakes that I see that are so many entrepreneurs that are actually making that will get you, that will make you, uh, lose money, lose clients, get sued, and possibly get your business shut down by the FTC. Or if you listen to this from another country, like whatever, like your governing body is that's regulate that's regulating like the advertising guidelines. And so I've got this PDF. It's like a little bit of the 62 mistakes you're actually making. I would like to gift it to your people, and if they can go to www.wani.inspirationmeetslaw.com. Uh, backslash 62 mistakes that can get it for them and it's absolutely free thank you and i downloaded it already thank you and you know what next time we have a chat i have a i have a question for you about you mentioned the ftc i just read again Mm -hmm. somewhere this morning that podcasts are about to get involved in the ftc and if i read it correctly if you are one of those podcasters who wants people to pay to play you're charging them to come on your podcast you may be in trouble. Now, I don't know. I just read it, but it's, I think it's something I want to you know, chat with you about. So anyway, tell people where they can Definitely. find you outside. Definitely. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, send me that because I, hadn't, I, I haven't heard about that. Obviously, there's the, the rules about the disclosures, for example. If you're, right. um, if, you're, if you're promoting someone's product you're getting paid for, you definitely have to disclose that you're an affiliate and you're all getting paid right. for that. But um, I haven't heard about that in that new regulation piece well it's not a regulation yet i guess it's it was more of a civil warning and i just went oh geez so i will copy it over and send it to you because it's something that maybe you can help people with once you or you know think about anyway so tell people one more time where they can find you your website and the freebie that you know the free download 
Sure. So my website is wanimanly.com. It's my first and last name, W-A-N-I-M-A-N-L-Y. Uh, my social media is my name, you know, Wani Manly. Come and hang out. Um, connect with me on, on Facebook. You'll see, as Denise is seeing, like my content. It's literally more legal nuggets and legal resources to really help you to grow, you know, to grow your business. Um, my Instagram is the lovely Wani. And then um, the, the uh, PDF is, uh, let me bring that up again, is wani.inspirationmeetslaw.com backslash 62 mistakes. Great. Thank you, Wani. It's been really wonderful chatting with you today, and I thank you for all of the terrific tips and the advice and the kind of serendipity skin crawls that you shared with me. I just went, oh, she knows. But I, I really thank you for being here with all of you know our audience and calling from Paris, which yeah, I'm just so excited about that. I don't know why, but I'm in the deep south, and we don't go places very much. So there you have it. So before, <laughs> before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us in iTunes, Audible, Prime. Honestly, you cannot throw a stick at the Internet without hitting your partner in Success Radio. And just take us along on your success journey. Wani, thank you. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. 